I'm loving these backgrounds. I've got, I've got, I've, I'd forgotten about it until you dialed in then. Uh, and then that's from the game as well, isn't it? Because I can see the yeah. rain in the, uh, in the, in the just dripping. So, uh, yeah, loving that. Okay, great stuff. So uh, Richie's back with me as we uh, record another ramble and we go over two games really because obviously uh, we had the joys of Warsaw away or Warsaw away as some people have called it. I don't know if you've seen much of that. That wasn't uh, that wasn't much fun though, was it? Um, no. And we. Oh, I'm going to say we recovered against um, Barrow, but it didn't feel like that after until about half halfway through, did it? Um, no. Uh, so there's just the two of us, um, and then if we're lucky at the end when I edit this podcast together uh, tomorrow, I'm supposed to be catching up with sure of his. Uh, um, uh, Shrew's analysis, so a Shrewsbury uh, fan site, uh, somebody who does some analysis for Shrewsbury. So um, all being well, that'll get edited into the end of the podcast, and I'll I'll just upload that as a separate video. Um, but other than that, Richie, how was your new year? I'm supposed to say Happy New Year to everybody. How was your new year? What did you do? Uh, it wasn't bad. Just went out for a, for a few drinks, really, and then just back to the house, let the new year in, really. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, we had a fairly quiet one. Um, uh, and we had Cat's uh, sister here and her son, so it was uh, just one at home. Um, and obviously, in, that was sandwiched in between a couple of games for us. But we'll we'll hold off on the games and we'll just we'll go through the usual format. So we'll start off with going into the news. Um, we'll we'll touch on transfers a little bit. There's not a lot going on, it would appear, but we'll we'll touch on it. We'll we'll talk about. Uh, Richie's sightings of people in Cly or whatever, whoever it was that you were uh, jokingly uh, written. We'll uh, we'll do the news and stuff. Then we'll go into uh, the Walsall game. Then we'll go into Barrow, and then we'll look ahead to Sunday for us. All being well, weather permitting, I'm not sure. I mean, it's fairly new ground. You'd think it'd drain well, wouldn't you? Because um, we've got a lot of bad weather. Um, the the Shrewsbury game. Well, they've got a couple of tractors to be able to help them. Uh, <laughs> Go and get the farmers out. Go and get the sand or, or whatever you're going to put on the pitch. Go yeah. and get it. Go and get it sorted. Um, yeah, do a, do a bit of that. But we'll. Um, I tell you what. We'll start off. We'll give. We'll do some plugs first. Um, I should plug. I've got a plug. Plug more. Um, so you can follow us on all social media. Um, uh, that's our Twitter. So if you don't already follow us there, that's the uh, Race Course Ramble. Is the uh, Twitter handle, so you can follow us there. Um, we've created, I've created uh, a very small private group, but people can uh, can request to join that. Um, so we put, I post separate stuff in there that I don't necessarily post on Twitter. Um, so that stuff's in there as well. Um, but let's crack on club news before we'll we'll talk about the odd transfer rumor and stuff in a minute. But let's just go over a couple of bits of uh, of club news. So I'll start with this one just because uh, this one came up today. So Jacob Mendy's been selected for the Gambia training camp. So that's for the African Cup of Nations. Um, 
So if he's selected, he'll be away for about, well, they have three games over about two or three weeks, don't they? Um, if he's selected, so he, he would miss, uh, I did tweet this before, he would miss the, he'll miss the Shrewsbury game because that training camp is on when the Shrewsbury game is on. It's then if he's selected for the squad, he'll miss our games with Newport and Wimbledon. Those are the next two games, aren't they? Yeah. He'll miss them two games. And then it'll depend on whether they um, uh, proceed or not. So if they uh, if they do get through and out of their group, he'd potentially miss another game, depending. Uh, and, and also, I guess there's a chance Parky might give him a rest after it. I don't know whether he'll rush him back or whether he'll tell him to have half a week or a week off. So there's a chance he might miss another game. The flip side to that is obviously that's great. In theory, it's great experience for him and he'll be a better player off the back of it, innit? That's the, that's the, 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 yeah. the advantage for us. Yeah, I mean, and just to be fair to the lad, um, from where he's come from, working on a building site. Yeah, it's unbelievable, really. Worked his way through the ranks, through the football ranks, and sort of turning professional as well. He's reacted quite well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's been great since his last international venture, myself. I think we could have had a bit more off him. Yeah. Um, but... Some of that, though, I'd caveat that with some of that is he's been forced yeah. to right back, which isn't his natural position. Yeah. So let's caveat that a bit. But I understand what you're saying. Um, but no, I mean, anybody to come represent the country, it'd be a fantastic opportunity and an honour. Um, and, I, and, you know, I hope he does actually get selected. Yeah. Um, it's a, obviously the injury front now looking a lot easier for us. Um, You've just tempted him fate there. No? <laughs> but actually turn, it could turn though, couldn't it? Because obviously yeah. you've got to think, you know, about that left-hand side. So it's uh, it's a bit of a, I don't know, 50-50 one. But, I, you know, I hope he does go, he, he does well, and he does get picked because... You know, he might not get the opportunity again, might he? No, no, you never know what's going to happen in your career, do you? So, uh, great opportunity for him. Uh, let's see what happens. Let him go away to the camp and see whether he gets selected or not. Um, I guess that'll be uh, that'll be the thing. Um, but the theory is, better experience makes you a better person, will make you a better player. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, goal of the month was a, was a announced. I don't know if you saw this. That was today that they've announced this uh, for December. Did you see this? I haven't seen the announcement. No, okay. I don't know. Uh, so in fourth place, it was Ava Suckley with a goal against Britain Ferry. Uh, yeah. In third place was TJ Dickens with a goal against Britain Ferry. In second place was James McLean's goal against Swindon. Uh, uh, but the winner by a, by a hair, really, was Sam Dolby's goal against Burton um, yeah. in, the, uh, in the Cup, which was a great goal, really. So... Um, yeah, it's like in the Bristol Street Motors or, we, or whatever we call whatever we're going to call it, the uh, the taxi trophy. So, um, so yeah, well done to Sam, who obviously got uh, displaced surprisingly yesterday. Actually, I don't, I'm not sure I was expecting Fletcher to start so soon, but uh, um, but uh, at least he's got he's going to have something on his mantelpiece for a, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, the ladies, let's just plug the ladies. So the ladies are playing on Sunday. It's unfortunate timing, really, isn't it? It's a bit of a, yeah. it's a massive game. We're at home to uh, Cardiff at the Rock, two o'clock kickoff, uh, which will overlap. Uh, what time's our kickoff? I've lost track. Two, that is two o'clock. It overlaps exactly our game with the, the men's game with um, with Shrewsbury. So nothing like timing. Just one of those things, but obviously, if for whatever reason you want some, uh, some some people do prefer to watch football in the flesh rather than on the telly or whatever. And it's been really hard to get tickets for Shrewsbury, hasn't it? So yeah. um, if you want to go 
uh, watch the ladies. They'll be at the Rock. Um, and in fact, you can buy all your tickets for all their games up until the split now, uh, where the league splits and the top half and the bottom half go into a separate sort of competition, if you like. Um, so uh, you can buy all those tickets. Um, but yeah, just a bit, just a bit unfortunate that one in it, really. Um, uh, you know. Yeah, second time it's happened, isn't it? I think the Yeovil one was pretty close as well, wasn't it? Just been. I can't you know, remember. But... Memories, memory doesn't well, yeah. work. Popularity of being on TV, isn't it? That's unfortunate for us. Yeah, I got so because our game got moved to for uh, S four. Even now, I've forgotten. Is it S four C we're on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's for American TV and S four C in it. So, uh, so yeah. Okay, um, let's touch on transfer news, shall we? Because we're we're the the window with the door, the window, the transfer window has flung open. Hasn't it? It's uh, it's been kicked in, uh, and some clubs have already started to do a bit of action, a bit of bit of bit of bit of uh, movement. Uh, so Notts County, Stockport, uh, I've seen they've uh, signed players. Stockport brought a left back in to cover. Is it Torre, their left back, who will probably go in the African Cup of Nations? Uh, I think he, I think that's there. So they brought somebody in, and Notts County had already got a youngster or two uh, coming in. Um, We've had, we've seen lots of links. Lots, there's been lots of talk. Um, so we'll go over a couple of names. We'll talk about Clark Harris. We'll talk about. Uh, let's do Shankland first because I, I don't, uh, I don't know how much you know about him, Richie, um, a lot or a little. Um, but I don't think there is any way that Wrexham can do that deal. And obviously, this is all speculation. Um, so let's caveat that now, isn't it? Because neither you or me have got a hot like, unless you've got a bat phone in Phil Phil Parkinson's office, uh, one of those old red ones. You remember the red one, the bat the bat phone? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that Shankland one, which was kind of um, it, it took it, it it was there in the background before. I don't know if you'd heard it week yeah. weeks ago, um, but then it came to light again because some random transfer account on Twitter had said that Rexman had put a seven figure bid in. I believe it's what it is basically what it had said. Um, so uh, it took, it took, it took fire. Obviously all the hearts fans are laughing about it because they, you know, they think he's worth 5 million. Uh, the rumor is he's going to Rangers. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not close enough to Scottish football to know, you know, exactly, but basically it doesn't feel like a deal that we could do unless something catastrophic happened and they needed a quick sale and we might, I guess, stretch our budget. Do you think any different or what do you reckon? I've obviously said a little bit of digging for myself. Yeah. Uh, it, the manager actually of Hearts came out and said that they were looking to sign some Naismith, Stephen Naismith. They were looking to sign a player to sign, to play with him. Yeah. I think that was sort of a, trying to deflect it away okay. from all the rumours, all the noise. Yeah. But um, I would be very surprised if he's not a Rangers player, yeah. Uh, so that's all. The, that seems to be the noise, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Rangers, massive club. Uh, he obviously wouldn't have to move very far. He's the captain at Hearts, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and scored the winner. Was it two weeks ago in the, the Edinburgh? I think they're Edinburgh, Edinburgh Derby against Hibernian. Yeah. He scored the winner. Um, so it just feels like it feels like a good move that you should try and make. Um, you know, you should be trying to improve the squad like that, shouldn't you? But that just is one of those speculative ones that, like, you could imagine uh, Sean Harvey going, Lauren Shanklin should be not, uh, a, what, what, what did he say about Mullin? Not achievable. I can't remember. Do you remember in the documentaries? He basically said, there's no way we should be able to get this guy. Um, 
but obviously uh, we did, as it happened with Mullin, because there was other circumstances, i.e. his locality, the geography worked for us, didn't it? Um, yeah. But that Shankland one would be an incredible signing, but I, I think you're talking three to five million quid seems to be the sort of, you know, that seems to be the number, doesn't it? So, you know, I, that's beyond us at the moment, I would, I, unless something crazy happens. And I'll be honest, do we, the position we're in now, would yeah. we need a £2.5 million player to get us into League One? No. Not really. We need, it's the next level up is where you'd start looking at yeah. that kind of don't you really? I understand um, what you say. I, I think we've got too many needs. I think we. I think you could strengthen the spine of the squad and you've still got to get a conquo. So I would rather us spread that money. If you are yeah. going to spend anything like that, which I suspect we aren't, but if you are, I would rather us do the spine, you know, go and get another centre-half, go and get another midfielder, get a forward and try and get Arthur, than do it all on one player. Yeah. Yeah, if that player um, gets injured, you're knackered. <laughs> like, what? I think he's got, has he scored, he's got 10 goals, is he? Or nine goals maybe in the Scottish Prem. Yeah. He's not. He's actually not even the top goal scorer, I don't think, in the, in the league. He's actually uh, Tavernier at Rangers, the, the full-back. The full wing-back, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's one of them, and I think it's in the... I think we're priced out, but I mean that with a tongue-in-cheek comment of we're not at that level yet, as in yeah. where we start looking at £2.5, £3 million, pound, you know. Yeah, I agree. Would be, the, would be the biggest thing. And like you say, yeah, I think, the, you know... Arthur's where we drive, and all the money went towards that. If there was, if there is a you know a bundle of cash there, we're not sure exactly what we've got. But um, yeah, I think I don't think. And but also, it's a you know difficult big transition to move from Scotland would be yeah. down to us as well. And we need them to hit the ground running as well. We can't yeah. really carry uh, carry somebody really. Yeah, yeah. I th- it's. Um... I think it's if there was any truth in it, if we had inquired just to say what's the sort of money being, you know what, then I'd got a lot. Of, I'd give the club a lot of credit because that is the type of signing that will take you forward. Um, yeah. It just, it probably, it's just a bit. It feels like six to twelve months too early to me. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> if we get yeah. promoted, then that is the type of move we should be. Uh, we probably should be looking at, um, but just not quite yet. Um, so that's that one. Um, then we come on to our friend uh, Clark Harris. So, um, uh, again, he's been, he's, he, he's in and out the side. He's mainly out of it more than he's in it. Um, and then really it's just a bit of a case of people putting two and two together. So, I mean, I retweeted a video that Darren McAntony, the Peterborough chairman had done cause he does a week, weekly, weekly fortnightly podcast where he confirmed that Wrexham inquired about him in the summer, uh, but he was going to Bristol, I think it was Rovers, he was going to Bristol Rovers, uh, and again that move broke down, a la Luke Armstrong, basically exactly the same thing the deals were done too late uh, he was going for 800,000 I believe it was um, and so people have kind of started to say well, could could we go back for him? Uh, I think the common consensus is we probably need to go and get another. Well, before yesterday, I think the common consensus was we probably need to go and get another striker. Um, and then Darren McAntony also put another. Did you see the other tweet he put out this week um, where um, he kind of aimed it generally? Did you see that one? No, I didn't. No, no. I'll hunt it out. I'll hunt it out. See if I can. Uh, I should have had this ready. Um, and obviously. I haven't. He kind of, he's obviously, um, he's obviously, let me just see if I can scroll through here. He's obviously negotiating with clubs at the moment. 
Um, I've sent. Let's see if I can find who I sent it to. I can't even remember what day it was. Uh, do some singing, Richie. Yeah, I know we. Um, I know when the move fell through. Yeah. Um, they did meet with the player, smooth things over, and sort of said, "Well, you know, for your benefit and our benefit, we just need to sort of get to January." Yeah. And then what will happen will happen. Yeah. Not. It wasn't really a case of, you know, Armstrong where he sort of spat his dummy out, which was a mega move for him, though I do course, understand yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, player power and all this thing, whatever. But I think the I think the situation with Harris at Peterborough was better than Armstrong at Harrogate. Yeah. Uh, and Peterborough are quite proactive. So I think they 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 have a habit of anybody with twelve months left on their deal, I think they automatically make them available for transfer. Um because they don't wanna you don't really want them to leave on a free, do you? You don't want to drive a too hard a bargain and then get nothing for said player. So I found the tweet. This went out on the thirtieth oh, of December. Um, and it said, this is a quote directly from it. Still, it's probably still on his, uh, still on Darren McAntony's uh, account. It said, turn down 300,000, 400,000 and 450,000 pounds so far. Goals aren't cheap. Uh, wink emoji. Uh, but piss takers think we are desperate for a dollar. Those days are gone. Uh, now, I, I've seen uh, somebody who I, I know say that the, that money is being offered from Charlton and Fleetwood. Um, those are the two clubs that have been, uh, that have put bids in and apparently we've not as of yet. Uh, well, the exact quote was as of, and this came from Wonderboy. Uh, I think it's on Red Passion. As of Friday last week, we'd made no contact again with Peterborough. Um, but, I, you know, given the fact that we've confirmed we've stiffed around this lad before, would it, would it surprise you if we went back for him? Or do you think we'll move on? Ooh, I think he guarantees us to win the league if we sign him. Yeah. Um, it's like goes far to say that because of because of the quality he's got. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that Fleetwood have got any money. Never well, mind. I'm just telling you, as, as, yeah, this isn't me, this isn't me saying it as you know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the source in this. Uh, in this. He's um. Obviously, he must be phoning uh, phoning Jim White from his prison cell to talk uh, <laughs> about the bid. Uh, but no, I would say, I think, having watched that Sunderland documentary where it goes back and two, back and two on transfer window day, where yes, oh, not interested in them. You know, our, that target's fallen through now. We've got to go back in for him type yeah. of thing. Um, I would say, I probably think it's not dead in the water. Yeah. And... Obviously, our profile again, and the documentary it does, it does appeal to a lot of people, doesn't it? A lot of players as well, and I can see that, you know, it's a chance for him to come and get his name back in the headline again. Um, it's obviously I don't know whether he's a a London boy or not, as whether he's down that way. That's what he's his digs are his original roots. Whether would we get him up back up to north? Would we get him up north or not? I don't know. All these things playing, don't they? But yeah. You don't realise how big geographic geography is in a in a deal no. like uh, I don't think. Um, so yeah, of, of of everything that's sort of uh, that's been rumoured, that's the only one we've got actual evidence to say there was a sniff, isn't it? That's the only one we know we were definitely having a nibble at him. And I guess 
Like, sure, he was 800,000 in the summer. That's what they accepted. His, his contract is up now. So you're going to get him at around half a million, aren't you? But you might yeah. have to wait till deadline day. You might have to play the game uh, yeah. and and see what see what happens. Um, but at some point, you know, around half a million is going to be that figure, it would appear. Um, but you might have to be brave. And I just, I, I did put a tweet out yesterday. I said, I just wonder whether Fletcher's performance yesterday has bought Parky some time now. Because before we were relying on Dolby, obviously Palmer's injured. Um, we were relying on Dolby. Well, Fletcher's come in and changed the changed the dynamic a bit now, hasn't he? Yesterday. Yeah, he has. Um, I think you're always going to get between Fletcher, Dolby, and Palmer. Obviously, when they're all fit with that, whatever. I think Fletcher plays in front of them too, anyway, yeah. just because of his experience, his in touch, his touch, and his intelligence. But we are missing. And I know this is a common theme on a lot of the chat pages and that, is pace. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying we've got we that's the final bit we haven't got is pace. Yeah. We we could got people, Elliot Lee, George Evans, they could McLean, they could put a ball, you know, on an eye of a through an eye of a needle. That's not an issue. It's just that that pace, isn't it, to get away from people when and you won't be caught type of thing. Mullins can do it a few times, but you just need that explosiveness, I think. Uh, yeah, in Re- the final. Wrexham do not have proper pace. We, we saw that in a, a, the MK Dons game showed it a little bit, but that was caveated with the jet lag, should we call it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've never had, not for a long time, have we had proper pace. And that can be game-changing from the bench even, can't it? You know, late on yeah. in a game. Um, yeah. even if it's not a starter. So um, it would be nice. It would be really nice to have at either end of the pitch, uh, somebody, who, you know, a centre-half and a centre-forward with some proper pace would be lovely. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you there. I think you're, I think you're right. Um, there was a tweet uh, about McNicholas. Did you see that? Oh, Wrexham haven't confirmed it, but there was somebody else said that um, uh, they believe the deal was done for McNicholas, so yeah. his loan has ended. Um, and whatever the fee is and all that type of stuff, although I don't know why we've not announced that yet. I have no idea, but apparently that's uh, that's uh, that's a done deal. So McNicholas will probably be our third choice, maybe second choice next year, depending on how it yeah. all, all plays out, which I don't think anybody would have a problem with at the moment. Um, no. I think um, if you've seen him in the cup, he was... Uh, he was fairly good, um, you know, um, uh, and he's still learning. To be fair to him, so uh, I think uh, I think there's no issue with that, and that wouldn't be mega money. I wouldn't have thought, but um, you know, Arthur's the one is the the one that we want to tie down, and um, you know, uh, I, I can't remember whether we talked about this last week, um, but uh, uh, the the rumor was that whatever Arsenal wanted for him, Wrexham were willing to pay, so. Um, uh, I guess it's a case of who else wants him now, isn't it, on that one? And the whole the whole position really needs stability. Yeah. Um, I know Mark Howard's been there all the way through, but obviously Leighton's always injured, isn't he? Or he's yeah. always got a setback. Foster came in and, and all that, whatever, palaver that happened with that. We just need a bit of a settled department yeah. where, you know, hopefully Nicholson can sign a, a two- or three-year contract followed by... You know, after with a three or four year contract, would be nice. Yeah, that um, would be. I mean, I spoke to Alex last week, and Alex was throw the millions at him. I don't think he'd cost that much, uh, and I just I, I was a bit surprised when he said, "Oh, I'd pay two or three million for him, no problem. Throw the money at." Him. But um, the, I think the point is that if you know, if it's within your budget, he's a uh, you know he didn't he wasn't particularly great at Walsall. 
Um, I spotted a few little little things, but um, he is the you know he's le- again he's learning. He needs to play. Uh, he is the type of player we should go out all out for, isn't he? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, sometimes you get that player, um, such an important position, who just they feel comfortable at the club as well. They settle yeah. into the club. You know what I mean, he's not yeah, yeah. sort of whole coming for crosses, which he's got no. He's not going to win. You know, he, his percentage rate, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but he must win 95% of the crosses he comes yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got such an advantage, hasn't he? Being six foot six yeah. and long arms, uh, yeah. ironically. Um, and oh, one of the things I forgot, uh, in fact, let's use now to an opportunity to plug it. So I just said to you, I spotted a couple of things at uh, Walsall. So for people who... Uh, haven't don't follow us on youtube because the podcast is available on youtube we have a uh, youtube channel uh which uh can you see that now by the way uh i can see Rexham and cardiff at the moment oh can you oh okay let me uh i know why that is it's because it's on a separate tab so let's use this to yeah 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 come on go away let me bring that back while I manage this. Uh, so, on the uh, YouTube channel, it's because it's on separate tab. There we go. There we are. Should be able to see that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, on the YouTube channel where the podcast goes, so people can watch it if they prefer. Uh, I did a I did a breakdown a bit of the uh, the Walsall game, which you can watch because um, there was some quite interesting observations in that and it wasn't until afterwards that I'd noticed a couple of things about Arthur first time I'd ever no- I'd noticed them to be fair and it did make we'll come on to it I wonder how many of them were ill um and not feeling right because there was some uh, there was some errors there from lots of people um that we don't normally see um so uh, yeah that's a good video to go and watch I did that the day after the game I think um uh, so another little plug for uh, for that. But yeah, Arthur, if we could t- if we could get him in this wind in this window, uh, that would be that would be great news. Um, I haven't heard much. There was the um, is it Luke Offord, the crew centre half? Is that his name? Oh, that was a name I'd heard. Have you heard any? Name I'll, go- I'll Google him um, to see if that's his name. Is- was um. Another striker, believe it or not, was oh, Lee Gregory. Oh, that was the other one. Yeah, that again. That came from that. So that's what the, you're right, and that's reminded me. That's what sparked that um, that sort of um, Johnson Clark Harris thing again, wasn't it? Because somebody had tweeted out, a journalist had tweeted out, the Wrexham were either after Clark Harris or this Lee Gregory from Sheffield. When no Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Um, and I poo-pooed that one straight away just because I thought he's 30. I didn't realise he's 35. And I just thought I'd be amazed if... I mean, he might still be a good player, but it just didn't strike me as the type of profile that we would be looking for now. Um, especially if we... Unless he was a free agent. Um, if we're going to pay money for him, you're not going to pay money for a... Thir- I don't think you're going to pay for money for a 35-year-old, do you? No, and I think he's the same profile... And I don't think he's as good a player as Fletcher, though, isn't he, as well? Yeah. So you're not so going to have two in that department. You, it wouldn't make any sense, would it? Not when you've got um, a Palmer and Dolby sort of target man already. No. no. I just think, I think we don't, because we don't know what the extent of all these injuries and nothing's been released. Officially, um, yeah. Officially, you know, obviously people are adding stuff in and, and you know, 
we don't know how true it is and things like that, whatever. Um, but I just, I still don't see if he, if Ollie was maybe out to end of the season, I could see him saying, "Oh, do you know what? We'll take him on six the end months of the or whatever." Yeah, 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 yeah. But I also think he's looking, he's planning ahead, isn't he? So, unless the man you want isn't available to the summer, is well. Yeah, where, yeah where I get it. I, I yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It, it just didn't strike me as being a. Uh, uh, an obvious deal to do. Uh, and just on Ollie, I've, I've, it's supposedly it's a calf strain, isn't it? There was a picture of him with his calf strapped up. Uh, and the the club have said nothing official. Ollie has said nothing. The only thing I saw, uh, and take this with a massive grain of salt, was somebody in one of the uh, one of the Wrexham Facebook groups said that they'd seen him at the ground. They'd asked him, and he'd said it was going to be eight weeks. Um, but that's third, you know, that's third hand in it. That's not yeah. Phil Parkinson telling us or Ollie telling us. So uh, that's the only thing I've seen to give us any indication. Um, but yeah, sorry, just to go back, it was it was Luke Offord, uh, who's the crew captain in the centre half. He's the other name I've seen us been uh, being linked with. Um, so again, how true that is, don't know. But that was the other one that uh, that's the only other name I've seen. If you look at the profile, when are we buying? We don't normally buy within the same division, do we? That's a. I know no, we normally go year, up. Yeah, we normally go up. Yeah, so I would imagine that there are exceptions to that, though. If you remember Dolby, I yeah. guess Mendy, um, and Barney, didn't Barney. Yeah. So the 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 things that they've said, I guess, was that um, the caveat to that is that unless they think the player can develop and grow. As we go up up the league, yeah. so, um, but just just that was the only other name that I'd seen as actually with uh, uh, you know somebody we've been uh, been linked with. So um, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I th- it will ramp up now, won't it? Because obviously they'll be trying to do deals. Players will be getting offered, um, and the plan will whatever your plan is probably it's probably very dynamic. It probably changes almost daily, uh, depending on who gets offered here and what your situation is. Plus, also, I think from the other side, we haven't seen anybody interested in some of our fringe players. No, you know why that is, though, of course, don't you? Well, yeah. (laughs) Because they're all on daft money, yeah? So, uh, you know... Um, so this is the this is the challenge, but I suspect they'll be uh, they'll be they'll be endeavouring because you now those players are, are not really of any use to us post the window. We've got no extra cups really for them to to sort of uh, be playing in because you, you're going to be playing bigger teams in harder games. You're less likely to use those players, aren't you? The likes yeah. of McFadden, Hazana, um, who else? There was a one or two others, Billy Waters. Um, so um, I suspect that we'll try hard. They'll want them away from the squad now, really. Um, so I suspect we'll see them loaned out with Wrexham subsidising the wages in some uh, in some shape or form so that they're not losing money. Um, is what it feels. It feels like that'll be the move to make. I don't think they'll let them go free, will they? Because you've got to pay up their contracts then. So. You've got to pay them up then, yeah. yeah. I can't do that. No. Uh, and you hope that they have an amazing six-month spell, and either the contract ends or you get a you, you get a bid for them to uh, to take them. So, yeah. so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so no other, nothing. There's no other names that I've missed, is there? Or have you? Is, no, nothing, you, no, uh, nothing so far. No. 
Nothing so far. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite an exciting time of year, though, especially if you're a new fan, because especially if you're from, a, a, like, North America, because transfers aren't as, as easily done in those sports as they are in our sport, because obviously they don't pay for them as such with cash. They pay for yeah. them with um, draft picks, etc. cetera. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it, it's quite an exciting time of year if you're, uh, if you're a new supporter to... Uh, to watching us. Um, okay, is that everything from the news point of view? Is there anything else? I don't think so. COP was full. Um, yeah. So that's going to be open again, they've said. So that's obviously passed all its tests now. It's full capacity test. They've said it's going to be full. It's uh, available again. Uh, and I think that's it from a news point of view, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, okay. yeah. All right, we'll have a break then. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll briefly look at the painful away trip to Walsall that we had, shall we? Yeah, no worries. Looking for high-quality furniture for your home? Look no further than J. Scott's Furnishings in Mark Wheel. With a wide selection of contemporary and classic styles and a showroom packed full of exceptional furniture from leading manufacturers, you'll find the perfect pieces to suit your taste and budget. With over 60 years of experience and our expert design team, we'll help you create a space that's both beautiful and functional. From sofas to dining sets, bedroom suites to home solutions, we've got it all. So why wait? Visit us today at The Old School in Mark Wheel or visit our website, jscottfurnishers.co.uk. J. Scott's Furnishings in Mark Wheel, where style meets affordability. So, we had a visit to the Poundland Bescott Stadium. Oh, I can't even remember what it was now. Oh, Christ. I've lost track of my days and everything. I'm still, you know. Um, uh, did you make it? Yeah. thought I saw your other half. Um, yeah. Before the game, we were sort of, there was a little bit of like, oh, well, I was a bit like, well, who's going to be fit to play was the thing, given the fact that we were talking about illness sort of uh, creeping through and stuff. Um, so um, I'll just share the screen, actually, so that we can see the lineup that we went with. Um, so we had Mendy back at, can you see that? Okay, Mendy back at right back, Cleworth, Tozer, O'Connor, McLean. Elliot Lee, Andy Cannon, Luke Young came in because we had suspensions as well of James Jones, didn't we? Uh, yeah. And Dolby and Mullid. Um, and obviously Arthur in goal. Um, where do you want to start with uh, with it? As bad as we did, as, as bad as bad a game as we'd had under Phil Parkinson. It was it was it, one off. Yeah, uh, those early games when it was really, it was a bit painful in the first sort of six months. Um, it kind of had that feel about it to me. We looked like everybody looked off it, not just one or two. It was like everybody. Well, I've got uh, another couple of come as a lad said to me when their first goal went and he went, this has got Halifax written all over it. Oh, okay. went, oh, don't, yeah. don't say that. Don't say that. And then obviously we had the penalty on that, whatever. Yeah. But what, what, not to go fast track too far forward, but I didn't understand his interview after the game. In because what way? Which bit? What did he say specifically? He said about refreshing the, the team up, freshening the team up. Right now, to me, you've got the levels of the players now because you can't, you know, they can't can't fart without knowing, couldn't they? How many times and everything now with all the GPS and everything on there? Statistics, and data, believe, yeah. I can't believe that we didn't do four or five changes in the starting eleven for the Walsall game. Yeah, and right. then the players. 
could have given him half a shift, if that makes sense, or the last 20 or whatever. But I okay. thought I was expecting more changes against Walsall. So, what we uh, so it's, it's, this is where it's hard being on the outside, isn't it? Because yeah. what we don't know is who was ill, what level were they ill. So the changes that you might have thought he'd make and what he might have wanted to make, maybe he couldn't make them. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Maybe he couldn't make them because those players were ill. Or the caveat to that is that he just doesn't, that he's, those other players, he didn't trust them for, for this game or anymore. Yeah, it's just with him saying what he said, yeah. um, how he said he would like to have done more. That's the yeah. only thing you can throw in maybe is the illness thing. Yeah. Uh, but then then players, came, you know, came on. We we looked, which I haven't seen it very often. We came on and people didn't understand where they were playing. It looked like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here, or where I sh- what I should be doing, and we just looked a little bit clueless. I'm, I completely agree when he said about the free kick. As soon as the free kick went in, it gave them massive amounts of energy. There's momentum uh, as well. Yeah, it was momentum on it. And I think if we hadn't had that game up Swindon so close, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think, I'm not saying the mentality was wrong at all, but I just think you knew as soon as that went in then, is it going to be three or four? Um, it didn't look good because we weren't playing well, were we? That was the that was the thing. If you're not playing well, you're like, oh, well, how are we going to get back into it? Considering we're not at the moment, we're not playing well. And how our midfield looked so wide and so open on a as people kept people kept saying a narrow pitch. Yeah, they just need to find two yards of space every time they had the ball. Well, the pitch. I'll plug that that breakdown video again because i sort of i do frame by frames and stuff on that which um it's not a pretty look back that video isn't especially the first goal um if you can't remember it you know you've got an attacking player who runs by three wrexham players and then gets the ball and just slots it home uh, and nobody reacts and the, the thing for me was just there were so many of them off form if you like, or having a, had a bad day at the office, it was just that's why it makes me think. Think I, I suspect that there was it was an illness thing because it was just too many of them. It wasn't just yeah. one or two people. It was like four or five or six of them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it wasn't pretty viewing. Um, it's one of them. We just we move on, don't we? We we we. But you, you need to learn it. from it, though, don't you? You yeah. can't. It, it's too easy for people to say we because I mean the players, um, the players would have watched the video back. I'm sure. I don't know whether the time allowed them to do it, but the natural thing for them to do nowadays is, in some way, shape, or form, to watch that game, to watch some of the highlights back, whether they've, um, whether they get them individually to have a look at, or whether they're sat in a team room and have to watch it, um, which is the normal thing more so in football. Um, but in some way, shape, or form, they'll they'll they, you, they've got to learn from it because um, you know even though people would have been ill or under the weather, you know like Arthur might have been ill or under the weather, but on that free kick goal, he's too far to the left. He has to take one yeah. or two steps to the right, um, and when you see it back afterwards, it's really obvious. He stood nearly next to his post. It's really obvious. Really, and you, you're looking at it going. Arthur, you, you need to get a bit more that way. Uh, it's easy for us because we know where the ball's going to go. Uh, and I don't think the wall jumps. And I'm like, oh, I've not noticed whether Arthur makes the wall jump or not. 
because we don't I don't think I've ever seen us do the draft excluder for a free kick have we, have we that you so I don't maybe Arthur doesn't need him to jump maybe he says no just stand still you know uh, and he's so big he still nearly gets to that free kick but um, and then the third goal just like the desire and the the people running off players and they're running off fresh substitutes that are not at it as well um so as as I said yeah I'm as I, I, I I really enjoyed doing that video. Uh, I won't have time probably to do the one from yesterday, but uh, it's definitely worth a watch because you'll see some uh, some some mistakes, even though they might have been ill. Because um, you'd expect the illness to affect their fatigue and their energy levels, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. If it's a norovirus or whatever. And you do, you do wonder as well, because uh, I think Steve Parkin did the interviews today, and he said... He did, yeah. Worked on stuff in the week with Barrow, right? Have we prioritised one over the other? Maybe, Maybe yeah, 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 could be right. Yeah, you, could, you know, you, you know, you, it's the it's the that game in the middle which falls, isn't it? it yeah. You've got Swindon, you've had a great win, you've got Barrow to think about, which is there. And it, it's that unfortunately could have been, and they do one game at a time. But I think maybe we, in hindsight, it's easy thing to say now, isn't it? Because you know. You've got the you've got the you've got the recovery from illness. They might not have had a lot of players in, to be fair, you know. Yeah. Um, then you've got the suspensions and stuff anyway, haven't you? So, um, yeah. so maybe they just you know they rocked up and went. We'll hope our experience and yeah. skill level, basic and professionalism gets us through this game. There could be an element of that. Um, who were the let's uh, who were the winners and losers for that game from you? If there is there somebody that stood out either good or bad for you, basically is what I'm trying to trying to uh, phrase it nicer than say that. Um, oh, geez, it's a while. I, I was impressed. I thought Tom O'Connor did okay. Yeah, I uh, agree. Yeah, again, again, yeah. Alex thinks uh, he's the player of the season. I don't know if you saw his tweet the other day. He said yeah. the Irish Beckenbauer called him. He said. Uh, he thinks he's been the player of the season so far. I would have to. I would go with. I've seen the poll and there was a vote on it. I would think Elliot Lee is above there. Yeah, uh, I, I, I said the same to him. Just to put Elliot Lee, it wasn't his greatest game for Wrexham on Friday. No, it but, wasn't. No, no, no. You know what? You, you can have a bad one, or you can have a good nine, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. You know, one yeah. 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 Um, you know, because let's be honest, he's a bit of a magician when we play at home, especially. Um, on our pitch, our yep. ground, but I just think, yeah, he wasn't great. Um, James McLean looked a little bit tired, maybe on the Walsall game. Yeah, to me. Um, and I, I don't know. It was just, I think Luke Young. I've seen a lot of people who I who I've known for a long time and in football and things like that. Where and they said, I think he just proved that at League Two level, he's not there. So I was. This, I'm glad you've said this because I was good. This is what I was going to bring up. Um, was going to say was was going to say. Now I think it's it's a bit harsh, perhaps, to say that given the fact that he's not played a lot of football, so he would that, need the minutes. Yeah, so it would be a bit harsh to say that uh, to write him off completely. I think is yeah. what I'm saying is to be too harsh. But I think what we're potentially starting to see with the likes of Young and Davis is that they when they when they are playing. Uh, and I have great sympathy for them because it's sporadic, it's cameos at the end of games, etc. They don't yet seem to have been able to or have the ability to uh, make an impact to the point where Phil Parkinson would have to consider starting them the next game. Yeah, and I think also 
mentality-wise, like you say, they're coming home for bits and pieces at the end. You know, let, let's not sugarcoat it. There's footballers who are better than them being brought into the club who are yeah. now ahead yeah, of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, like you say, sentiment in football, we couldn't stand still. You know, George Evans was available. George Evans came in. You know, that's, yeah. that's what we're at. And that's where... And that'll be a lot... I think we're, we're known as a club who look after players, as in if, you know... When they are sort of out of contract, you know, you will put in conversations and phone calls for them. Yes. So I don't think it's, you know, it's a big shock. And as much as we'd like to think we know everything that goes on, these these players will know a couple of weeks before if they're getting moved on or, you know, the people who are available in the transfer window, Park, you would have said to them, if you get an opportunity to go, you know, yeah. I'll give you a good record that whatever. Yeah, yeah. You go with our wishes type of thing on our terms. So I think... It's changing the guard, isn't it? I think that's what's coming yeah. soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've just got to do it the right way, haven't you? I've seen a lot of interviews yeah, actually with Roy about with Roy Keane lately about how Fergie used to get rid of players at United, um, and people sort of you know hold him up as the best manager ever. But like he said, he said his you know his uh, his, his sort of his interpersonal skills like that he wasn't particularly always very good at. So, um, you know, do it right. Let's, you know, if, if these play, if this is the end for some of these players and actually Humphrey Kerr did an interview where he inferenced this as well and said, depending, you know, uh, at the end of the season, some players, he kind of inferred the players who'd been with us um, on this journey so far would not necessarily be with us for next season. And we know that because there's loads of players out of contract, isn't there? Um, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. incidentally we forgot when we did the news before, but obviously Mullin and Lee got we got that nice tweet, didn't we, on the first of uh, yeah. January? Um, but um, yeah, let, let's 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 be known for doing it the right way, uh, at least, isn't it? You know, rather than making because generally people perhaps don't realise. Generally, um, if a, a manager doesn't want you, they, uh, there's lots of videos on YouTube and TikTok you can see about how basically kid they're made to train with. The, they'll just turn up for training as normal one day, and it's like, oh, you're training with the kids from now on, um, uh, or the reserves, or you know, uh, go and train on your own, uh, and they'll just yeah. have a, another member of the sort of uh, you know the the sports science team or whatever, just out, you know, watching them while they're jogging and doing sprints and stuff. So, uh, you know, when they don't want you generally, it's not a good experience. So let's just hope, you know, we're trying to do things different. Just be honest and upfront with people and say, you know, uh, this is it. But like you say, Park, he puts some calls in and, you know, uses his network to try and help him. Yeah. Um, I saw Grimsby being linked with Luke Young. And I, I'd be, I'll be amazed if he goes there, given the distance away. But, you know, who knows? That's the Sean Pearson factor there, isn't it? Oh, I suppose. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that. Sean Pearson might be thinking they need a bit of experience and what a player to they they potentially think they'd have. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to be watching Grimsby to know whether he'd uh, he'd make an impact there or not. But um, I know um, he was. I know Tom Williams. I think linked him to Notts County. Um, he did a a transfer report, as he calls it, for for Notts County, and he he, he had Luke Young's name there because they're desperate for people at uh, at Notts, aren't they? Yeah, their uh, bodies yeah. are thin. It's still one he could he could commute, I suppose, a little bit. You know, if it's only for short term and long term wise, he'd have to uh, uproot, wouldn't he? And uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that pitch wasn't particularly great at Walsall. The goal mouths were awful. I believe they have some of the youth. I think it's Aston Villa youth or somebody plays on it. Uh, which is why it's so bad. But it was a disaster because uh, there was a, a chance for Mullin in the second in the 
first half where he blasts over the bar from six yards out. Uh, and that's the goalkeeper fumbling it when it's on the floor in the goal mouth. And I think it got a bit sticky. Um, and Because those goals, I don't know how close you were to the goal mouth, but they were terrible. I think you'd have had a better playing surface on the Spider Park, I think, in Will's <laughs> Nesney. Um, I don't know whether it's... Does all the water drain off the M6 onto it? Is that what it is? I don't know. Way? Well, to be as I said, I think they've got multiple... Te- they're having to make money by taking taking money off other clubs to allow them to play their reserves and youth teams there, I think. So uh, I think that's the uh, that's the issue. Um, so, uh, so, but yeah, going back to your winners and losers, I, I th- so Tom O'Connor was the winner for me. I'd agree. I think uh, best of a bad bunch, should we call it, on the day. Yeah. Um, and um, even though Mullin scored, I think there was a, a chance or two more that he perhaps could have taken. And on another day, you might have gone, oh, Mulls was the man of the match. But um, I think O'Connor did his best. And I think, given what I've just said, maybe Mendy struggled at right wing back. But again, I give him that because he's not asked to play there, has he? Parky's put him there. Um yeah. Uh, so I guess you, you'd potentially look at your, your your Luke Young and say, "Oh, he just didn't didn't take that chance again um, to make an impression um, and really show us what you can do." So um, yeah, that would be the one. To, you know, think about it personally, mental, mental, mentally wise. If he didn't, if he'd have had a storming game on Friday night, yeah, would he still have played against Barrow or would George Evans have come in? Um, I suspect Parky thinks that. Evans and Jones are way above Luke Young's level. So providing all things being equal, I think one of them would have started. Evans probably yeah. being the one. Yeah. Um, if both of them still had a knock or were feeling ill or there was something else, then he had a chance. Yeah. Um, then he'd have had a chance. But um, I, if he was man of the match, do you, I, do you not think he'd have... I'm sure he'd have probably kept him in. But... I know. I think I know what you're saying. I think you're challenging yeah. the fact that it doesn't matter what he did; he wouldn't have been playing. George, I think George, he's in that bracket, George Evans of, of like Mullin. First, I'm not saying we, in midfield, he's yeah. the first name on the him yeah. and Lee are playing, yeah. and then it's who's going to play with them. Yeah, that's what I would say. So I definitely, I yeah, think that's. Uh, I, I, I get that. I get that. Still, I, as a fan, I, I, I still, still, I still think if if Young would have had an outstanding game, I think he'd have had a sniff. Um, but he's obviously, maybe you know, and it's hard because we're not in his shoes. Maybe he's not feeling very motivated by the fact that he's now seemingly bottom of the pile. Um, is what it looks like from the outside, doesn't it? Oh, it does. You know, six months early, he's lifting the championship trophy, isn't he? Yeah. You know, it's you, you can't doesn't top it, does it? Then really, and then you just professional you know. sport that though, isn't it? That yeah. is uh, as you and especially as for us, you know, we have the uh, finances to progress very quickly. Yeah. Um, so you know, people will be cycled through, won't they? So, um, so yeah. Anything else in pressure? Well, what did you think about Walsall? About the ground, the atmosphere? Ran out of food. Fans? They ran out of food, did they? All oh, right, I ate before, so. Um, so that wasn't a great, great right. uh, Yeah. Um, and a little plug for MH Travel. That was really good. We went on their ah, bus. So I'm glad you've said this because I'm going. I've um, I I'm going with them to. Shrewsbury um, yeah. on Sunday um, uh, and um, I, I'd, I've, in fact I've asked them I've given them the opportunity to put a little advert together so that we can we can play that um, 
so I'm going with them to Shrewsbury for the first time. Their bus looked really funky because they had Christmas lights up <laughs> yep, uh, on it. So tell us, let's let's give them a quick little plug then. So um, for, for people who don't know, uh, if you go and uh, if you go on my timeline, you'll see I, I put a tweet out the other day for um, about Shrewsbury. So it's a it's a bus, it's a separate bus company to Pats. It's fractionally cheaper to, than Pats from what I've seen initially, but I. But that might change by game. Um, it's a bit of a small, a slightly smaller bus than the Pats ones, isn't it? I believe. Um, yeah. But uh, you go on Facebook, you look for MH Travel. Uh, the way I did it, uh, I sent them uh, a message, a messenger message uh, from the Facebook page. They sent me an email with an invoice on, uh, which had an invoice number on. I did a bank transfer put the invoice number as a reference uh, and uh, I got my seats. That was it, done. I had to tell them where I was getting picked up as well for the Shrewsbury game. They give you a choice of about six places that you can get picked up from. Um, yeah. uh, and that's what I did. So go on, give us, a, give, us, give us a little bit of a rundown how it went and everything. Well, it was, I um, paid the normal price, same price as everybody else, but we had extra leg room. Oh, and when, I mean extra leg, <laughs> when I mean extra leg room, All right. yeah, I'm five foot six, not the tallest, no. but I couldn't be in front with my feet. <laughs> it was massive. Excellent. It was huge. Right. It was huge. So that was good. Good plug. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, the bus was, it was quiet. Everyone kept themselves to themselves. But I, I think yeah. it's, it's, not, um, it's difficult now, isn't it, with the away games as well? Because you're not going to get the same groups all the time because tickets are difficult to come yes. by. Yeah. I think if it was like five or six of you yeah. who went on a weekly basis with them, I think you'd have a good laugh and enjoy okay. yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, as I said, I've booked. I asked them if they were doing the new, new port game, but I uh, I didn't get a reply actually. So I'll, I'll I'll keep my eye out on that to see whether they're doing that one because they've done a few games now. What was the bus like and stuff? What was the journey like? Did they drive sensibly? There's no alcohol because they're not allowed to, so uh, you can't take alcohol. Was all right. We were there on time. Um, yeah. Picked up at Denelm because we went from town. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was fine. Dropped us off on the way. Oh, yeah, no issues. The toilet was all right. The toilet worked fine. Brilliant. Um, nice and clean. Funky fairy lights, and it was clean, yeah. yeah. It's just clean to start with. Probably not by the time yeah. you finish. Uh, and it, was, uh, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a particularly enjoyable journey because it obviously because we got tonked, so that wouldn't have helped, would it? So, um, no. um, but yeah, go. On. I, I, I mean, I'll uh, I'll see how it goes on Sunday because we normally. Uh, we normally either drive or use Pats. We don't use the trains a lot, um, but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes and see what other games they go to. But uh, certainly, MH Travel, give them a go and follow their page on Facebook. That's where. Uh, did you find them anywhere else? Because that's where I found them. That's where I found them. Yeah, that's yeah. where I found we we found them. Yeah, uh, booked them for the for the Warsaw game. Good stuff. Okay, um, let's let's have a break and then when we come back we'll go over Barrow before we do our Shrewsbury uh, guesswork is that alright? Yeah no worries alright We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones and his best made Mickey T So on to a better note shall we call it um, yesterday uh, I was in the tech end where were you? End yeah alright okay lower or upper? Lower. Lower, all right. Um, so Barrow came to town. Obviously, the top four kind of all played each other, didn't they, for want of a better yeah. word? Uh, obviously, Stockport lost to Mansfield. Mansfield went there and did a really good job on them. Um, and obviously, we uh, we lined up against uh, against Barrow. Uh, were you nervous before the game, or what, what, were you, what were you thinking? I think, do you know what? 
it was nice to have something on the game. And the reason I say that is because we've got into a bit of a at home as well sometimes. It's a bit like Man City. We turn up and is it gonna be two or three? Um, and I mean that, I mean, they've got to score first to make it a type of game, which ironically happened yesterday. Yeah. But we give it something on the game as well, which makes sense. You know, and no offence, if it had been, say, Swindon at home, on the position they are now in the league, yeah, it would just been a thing, do you know what? We know we'll get, but we maybe have to go into third gear or whatever. Um, but it was nice that something was on it. And, you know, they came with a 14 unbeaten, I think, before they came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and I guess the question for me before the match was who's going to start? Because obviously we didn't know how bad the injuries were, uh, the illnesses, yeah. I should say, rather than the injuries. Um, so uh, so this ended up being our, obviously, our lineup. So Fordy came back in. Uh, Evans came into midfield. Uh, and interestingly, it was Stephen Fletcher, which is a bit of a surprise for me, as I said, just because I didn't think Parkey would r- rush him back uh, following his surgery. Um, it was Fletcher that started up front. So when you saw that, was there any surprise for you? I wasn't sure whether um, Barney may have started. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure in his minutes. And I think with him and, him and Ford, it was a bit, I was unsure. And also, with it being James McLean's sort of third game in a row, um, quite close together yeah obviously you've got to think of his age as well uh he might be a fit lad but he's obviously got you've still got to think you know we got to manage the load is what they call it yeah you got to you got to with that um and again but i think like i said mentioned earlier on i think he's just got that trust like elliot lee didn't have a great game also but i think he knew that if you picked him again he would get a good game out of him okay because you're not going to get two inconsistent games from elliot lee um But I thought he may. I think I'm glad he went with the team. Obviously, and you know, you look back at it now, you think, "What a bit of genius! Well done, Parky." But they'd obviously worked on stuff on the training ground, didn't they, prior to the game? Uh, well, definitely, because there was some set piece. There was a set piece that came off for Fletcher. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely worked on. Um, and the Moles free kick as well. The Moles free worked. kick because they talked about that actually saying he changed his technique or something, didn't he? Um, yeah, the ball. Yeah. Yes. Wasted the ball. So, uh, so there was something there. Um, I so 33 seconds in, they score, and it's like, oh, that's, that's the like. I can imagine Parky's like the last things he said to everybody before they go out is, let's keep it tight for 10 minutes, lads. And then 33 seconds in, they scored a soft goal, didn't they? Um, yeah. And uh, I think the the nerves set in then, didn't they? Given the fact that we've just gone away to Walsall and been played off the park, um, it took us a bit of time to get going, didn't it? Because it, even up until I don't know what it would have been, and for the next thirty odd, well, bear in mind we had the stoppages. Um, uh, the next thirty odd minutes, we weren't we, we were getting the ball to forward too quick. Uh, we weren't particularly playing any nice football, and it was it looked it looked like it was going to be a real grind. Yeah, I think it was to find a bit of uh, inner belief, bit of, you know, dig deep um, and just, when they say about go over shape of play and things like that, whatever, you do it all the time and it's, it's repetitive and things like that. I think it was just getting into the rhythm of that, wasn't it, as well? Because to be fair to Barrow, they'd come out of traps, they scored, yeah. whether they expected that quick start or not. And then they just thought, well, hang on a minute, do you know what, these could be on the ropes here. Do we sit or do we stick or twist now, isn't it? Yeah. Type of thing. It's a long way to defend, isn't it? So uh to ninety minutes, or do we go for it again? I think Arthur had a couple of more saves, didn't he? 
um, where he just got down and got the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, strenuous, but it was just yeah, ironic, isn't it, really, that maybe the injury sort of... Helped us, because it disrupted their yeah. rhythm. Yeah, uh, and maybe took some concentration away, as it tends does when yeah. somebody's got a bad injury. They start thinking about a teammate rather than yeah. what's happening. Um, yeah. yeah, it's hard to know unless you were uh, sort of in that camp, isn't it? Um, yeah. I tell you, the interesting player for me was Emil Aqua up front. I think he was at Maidenhead last year, uh, and he gave our three centre halves a right torrid time because he's such a big, strong, quick lad. Uh, he doesn't score an awful lot of goals, but he's one of those big, you know, handfuls, and he distracts other people, if you like. Um, I thought he had a, 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 a an annoying game for him, if you like. I, I called him Ken in the end because I just thought it was easier because uh, <laughs> the group Aqua, so he was just Ken, really big Ken. And, um, yeah, he did, yeah. But I've got to also say, and it, I thought Max played really well against him. I okay. thought he learned and he managed him. Um, I think Tosa talked him through it. Yeah. But I think as he's going to get the upper hand to start with, but I think then he just managed he managed him really well. Yeah. Um, people do pull onto him, don't they, and try and, but especially the big man. I think. Put, well, actually, uh, oh, I'm not sure if I can find the stats now. Um, I've got so. Let me just have a look on Sofa Score, because ironically, maybe it's better in the app. Can't find it it wasn't a shot map i found a graph of where the play was coming where where we were attacking from uh, and where they were attacking mainly and it was interesting because in his first season teams used to target max we used to talk about it all the yeah. time but actually yesterday uh they were mainly going down the side with mclean on uh, which was interesting because i i you know, he isn't our best defender, McLean. You can get him behind no. him and he will he will just switch off because he wants to go forward rather than backwards. Uh, and he's trying to he's obviously learning to adjust a bit to those natural instincts are for him to leap down the line, aren't they? Um so I can't i I'll have to uh, I'll, I know in the app it's there, but I can't i I'm just looking on the website, it doesn't seem to be there. But we and 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 the flip side to that is for us. Of late, we've been mainly attacking down the left-hand side because we've been playing a um, an unfamiliar player in the right yeah. side. So we've been using McLean for the majority of the time. But actually, it was quite equal. We were we we yeah. split our attacks up yesterday down the left and the right uh, because we had Fordy back who delivers a quality ball. He runs and he's you know. Um, uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And I'll tell you what else was interesting, because this is very rare um, when you look at the stats. Um, not that we do too much, but um, not an XG stat, this. Um, but it's very rare for us to have so much possession uh, yeah. of, a, of a football. We generally will be 50% or less. Um, and we... I'm not sure it felt like it all the time because of the. I think the disruptions in play in both halves sort of throw you out. But actually, we've dominated the football uh, yesterday. I mean, they didn't even have a corner um, in the end. So they had that initial sort of attack and then offered nothing, did they? No, um, which, again, as, as, as people say, it's the worst thing you could possibly do is go to Wrexham and take the lead in the first two minutes. Uh, maybe, yeah, it does sort of um, stoke the bear up inside him, and I just think yesterday was 
take Fletcher's hat trick aside because I thought he was absolutely he was class. Yeah, it's his all round game. But our big players, it's I keep saying a lot about if we've got seven of our players on our game, yeah, we'll be anybody now in this league, anybody. And we, you know, we don't carry a couple of players, but if people aren't having the best of games, yeah, you're always going to get that. We'll, you're not going to have eleven players play outstanding. But I think we had that nucleus of that seven again, yeah. where it wasn't there, was it, on Friday night? It was. Nope. We were struggling to get four, wouldn't we? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think I think there was something. Uh, I think, as I say, illness or something. Uh, so there was too many of them off the game. Uh, it, you know, it just wasn't one or two. So I think. Uh, uh, that whatever it was, that was that Walsall, uh, the reason for that Walsall one. But uh, I tell you what, there was a, I just, what was your opinion on the, um, that McLean lunge where him and a Barrow player seemingly lunged at each other from opposite sides of the ball? Yeah, um, obviously being behind it, I sort of, I've seen it. My first view of that was it looked and you think, hmm, didn't 50, look great. Yeah. I've seen the clip of it. Yes, um, that, that was my follow-up. Yeah, and the commentary, um, Mark Griffiths and the guys, and they didn't seem to think it was a bad tackle, did they? From the angle, I didn't hear their. I, the yeah, clip yeah, I've yeah, seen had no had no audio ah, right. of it. So, and the so the I EFL highlights, it wasn't it wasn't in the highlights. Believe it or not, that tackle. Oh, right, and they sort of seemed to think that it was all. It wasn't. You know, it was. Yeah. Why and they were more amazed that a free kick was given against um, him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, it, it's one of them, isn't it? The the referee. I mean, the he was right was there. Saying, he was right. Yeah. He he wasn't a brilliant ref either, but he was right there, wasn't he? That's the only thing with yeah. that one. That's the best thing about him, really. So there can't be no arguments for me, really. If he if he's there, you know, if he's got I, view. when he uh, when I initially saw the challenge. From the tech end, in my old man's eyes, I thought he's going to walk here because the other guy was rolling around more than McLean was, wasn't he? Yeah. But to be fair, they fell over with a, a, a breath of wind, didn't they? They were they were yeah. terrible. Um, yeah. um, and I thought, oh, I think he's in trouble here. When I've seen the replay back, I think they're lucky that they both they both lunge at it. They're both out of control. But they miss each other, I think. Yeah. Uh, so because yeah. they miss each other, and the ref is so close to it, I think that's why ni- uh, nothing serious actually came of it. I think, uh, if, if that makes sense. Um, uh, I you think you've left, if... you left it with common sense to tackle. If you did it letter of the law, you could have seen the more. Oh yeah, severe... I think yeah. I think there would have been something happen. Um, as yeah. I said, because football is different nowadays. It's not about do you make contact. That you know, are you in control of your lunge and you know, um, and I and I just thought, oh, you know, from from seventy five yards away, I thought, oh God, what's he done? Uh, and yeah. then I was holding me, I was I I was holding me uh, uh, me breath again when he went for that header, um, that he yeah. eventually got uh, he got subbed as a concussion substitute, I think, in the end, um, because they clashed heads, didn't they? Um, I'm not sure which player it was, um, but I, at the time he went for that. I was thinking, oh, just don't go anywhere near anything now because you you walk in the line, aren't you? Uh, but he didn't. Yeah. He, he was committed. He went for it, uh, but the ref saw it as a fair. And when you see the replay, it is a fair clash of heads. Yeah. If that can be such yeah. a thing, not the Barrow probably thought that, but you know. Well, I mean, there was one I've seen um, on Fletcher actually, which was another clash of heads in front of the dugout. Oh right, um, I've seen that. Right, I've seen it and. To be fair, to Fletcher, he's got the eyes on the ball, and the lad's just 
mistimed it, and the lad's got in the back of his head. Right. Do you know what I mean? I mean? You know, there could have been another one, um, which is pretty serious. And it's just ironic, isn't it, that in the in the one game you get sort of three head in- injuries. Yeah. Or two serious injuries, sorry, and one, you know, just a knock. I mean, how many times does the ball go up in the air in a normal game? You know, it just, you know, you just think that millimetre second you're out and it could be, uh, you know, it could be quite crucial, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I think Barrow have reported both those players that were down for a long time were were okay. I'm pretty sure they've uh, yeah. they've cleared them, which was good news. But I, I don't think I can't ever remember a, two longer stoppages in a game. Um, to be fair, um, it was weird, yeah. wasn't it, knowing that everybody else had kicked off for the second half. We hadn't finished the first. We hadn't scored. I don't think. Uh, I think um, we you know we hadn't had our spell at that point. Joint second highest injury time in the EFL. I think was 28 it? minutes. You know, um, in total of yeah. the game, 28 minutes was the record. No, I shouldn't say record, but the most, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we were obviously 25 or something like that, 26. So what was the key? I, I think watching the highlights back yesterday, I think the key for me and the winner from yesterday, I think, if you if you want to look at winners and losers, um, was Stephen Fletcher. Because yeah. not only because of the goals, but his link-up play with Elliot Lee and Paul Mullin, was so much better than anything we've seen off anybody, any of the other strikers. Um, and I'm starting to think now that he's not just a, a he's not a cameo player. When he's fit, if we haven't brought somebody else in, I could see him being Mullin's partner because he's so much yeah. better than the others. I think because um, obviously the last time we seen him start, he was at Bradford away. Um, yeah, and he that's right. Good. Wasn't great there. Um, I don't think he was as bad as everybody said. I thought he was okay. He needed the fitness though. He said yesterday. He said after twenty minutes, basically he was blowing out of his backside. Yeah. He was knackered because yeah. he needs game time, doesn't he? Yeah, but I just think he's he's got uh, that class. You can tell that he's played a lot higher. Uh, you know, three yeah. divisions higher. Um, he just had that all round awareness, and he he they tell you when you're coaching kids. Take as you take a look, take a picture in your brain, but if that picture will change all the time. He yeah. knows what the next picture is going to be, yeah. if that makes sense. Experience that, that isn't it? It's experience. Yeah, massive. Um, you know, you've got what is he, six foot five centre forward doing backflip, back heels, and <laughs> yeah, you know, you know his I mean? touch is awesome. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I, I can imagine him, Lee, and Mullin. Would enjoy playing together because they're good for they're good footballers with you know they're above they're probably above this level still aren't they so uh, yeah. you could imagine them quite enjoy you know being a good five a side team they'd love some tippy tappy wouldn't they um, yeah. but to be I mean to, you talked about before that his headed goal from the corner if you watch it back it's definitely a, a work routine because he hides behind another player basically makes a spin off round to the back post and the ball comes straight to him. Um, so they like you were saying before about they they kind of worked on stuff. They definitely worked on that, definitely. Yeah, and it's uh, a delivery as well from McLean. Yeah, because uh, it's spot on. It's spot. It's absolutely spot. on the money, isn't it? Um, yeah. And because um, I'd been quite, I'd pose, I'd put a tweet out the other day saying I can't remember the last time we'd scored from a corner. It had been, I think it was when Fletcher got one when he was sort of. He was the he was the the king of the substitutes. He was having that run of yeah. three four games where he'd come on and look awesome. I think it was all the way back then before we'd uh, before we'd sort of you know we've been no threat without him and Hayden really from corners. No. Um, so it's nice to have him back from that point of view. Um, 
to be fair, because of Dolby and Palmer just don't look from corners. They don't ever look a threat anymore. No, they don't. Um, know. Which is uh, you know something I'd really like us to be work- to be working on and conscious of. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think the key player was uh, was Fletcher. Uh, because he just he just made things tick and he got he got everybody playing and um, but I was worried before before we got that equaliser I was worried because it it was monotonous and we were playing in front of Barrow and it was quite comfortable for him we weren't getting through them and behind them enough was that was my concern yeah I think it was um, I think at some points Max was playing as if he was a right midfielder wasn't he overlapping he and stuff. Back. Yeah, we pinned them right back, but we weren't. We couldn't find them holes. Yes, um, that's it. And it's, it's the back three, and then all of a sudden it just seemed to click, didn't it? It just bizarre. I don't think I've ever. I'm not sure I've ever seen a five or whatever. Was it five minutes? I'm not. I don't, Dover. Yes, we, maybe we had a five minutes like that at Dover, three, but three and four and a half or four forty-five yeah. something like that. Mad, unbelievable. I was thinking we're going um, in. I was just thinking if we could get one before half time and then let's get Parky get at him. I'd, I'd be interested to know what part. I'd be interested on the, the documentary crew were in there to see what his, uh, you know, what his, his half time chat was because I wonder what it was and what it was going to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a proper. I don't know what what do you say? Like you know, um, you've re- basically you've rescued it, lads, haven't you? Um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, any uh, any any other sort of uh, standout moments from that game? I just think it was nice to, when we that we got our we seemed to get our rhythm back. If okay. does that make sense? We, we moved it quickly. We 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 like you said we used both flanks. We got the ball in the box, and we scored some good goals. You know, which is what we've all been renowned for seeing, isn't it? In the last two years, especially at home. Yeah. A bit spoilt, really, but uh, yeah. you know some of the. Uh, and there was a. I don't know if did you, let me say I should find this. I should have found this before. There was a great Phil Parky stat. Did you see? Uh... Oh, is it seventy-five games at home? I think so. Is it? Uh, let me see or if I can see if I can find it. Okay, yeah. So uh, it was Phil Parkinson's seventy-fifth match in charge of Wrexham at the racecourse. Yep. Uh, yeah. Basically, he's won 59, drawn 12, lost 4, scored 208 goals, 76 goals against. So, you know, uh, whether you're a Parky fan or not, um, you've got to respect his record, haven't you? And you can beat yeah. you. It's okay not to be a fan. If you would rather be playing pretty football, a la Luke Williams, that's okay. If you would rather be playing football like us, which can be attritional uh, and direct, that's okay too, no problem. But you can't disrespect his record, can you? No, no, no way. Um, you pay your money to be entertained. Yes, you want your team to win, um, but we are entertained. You know, goals. We, yeah. The, the last time we went in the race course and didn't see a goal scored by Wrexham. Yeah, can't even remember. There's a people to come back to us. Yeah, but you know that's that, that that's where we're at now, isn't it? And again, it is some games where we turn up and we go, oh, should be two or three today, or you just think when they get to their second goal, that's it. But you know, we seem to want to put our send a bit of a message out. I think after after we got the, and I think it did, it did send a message out, didn't it? Because I, I could imagine 
other fans and potentially I don't because because the top four were all playing each other they wouldn't have been looking at it but if they'd have looked at it and gone Wrexham one nil down oof, you know and then you look at it at full time and you go oh crikey they've won four what you know you've blitzed them four one they'd be thinking oh right yeah you know these bullish lot aren't going to go away are they and we know that but you know we've got to prove that to other teams in this league haven't we well yeah and I think the stat Barrow. Barrow had conceded twenty goals, was it, up till yesterday? All season, they've only yeah, and they'd only. I think, uh, yeah, I th- I th- I'd have to check, but it's roughly that. So if you look at it the other way, they've conceded twenty four. We scored five against them. Yeah. So that just says, doesn't it, that we can break down most defenses in this league? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people did just. I did actually say at the start. I thought we'd go up and would lose seven or eight. Yeah. So I'm probably if you go on the basis, I'm not won't be far away. Yeah. Um, obviously, we prefer to win more, but yeah, yeah. But you're just not gonna you're not gonna walk this league like we like you know the national no. league. There's too many good teams. Matt here interrupting. Well, I wasn't interrupting as it happens because unfortunately at the end of the uh, Barrow review, Richie's power went out, so he had no electric for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the podcast. So um, I I didn't sort of uh, try and fill in for him or anything. I thought we'd just wrap it up there. Um, but luckily, I was able to get Jack from Shrews Analysis on to uh, do the preview, really, for the uh, the Shrewsbury game because we couldn't do that either. So uh, I've got that interview, which we will uh, we will play for you now. I'll let you into a secret. Actually, normally on the podcast that I do every week, we we would do a a, a sort of preview of the game that we've got coming up or games that we've got coming up. Um, but yesterday when I was doing it with one of the guys I normally do, um, we were just finishing the end of our Barrow review, as it were, if you like. Yeah. And then his power went out uh, and he was done for the night. So I was like, so you're, you're saving my life this week. My my Shrewsbury, <laughs> my Shrewsbury preview was, was, was kind of up in smoke. So thankfully, oh, uh, Jack is joining me. Um, I, although it, you're, is, is Groom's your nickname or is that your surname? No, I'm not sure why it comes up with that. So my surname is Groom, but yeah, for some right. reason it changes to Groom, I don't some know why. Of, yeah, it's some sort of nickname or something. Um, so uh, I'm really grateful for your time. So you're, you do um, Shrew's analysis on Twitter. So I guess let's start with that. Tell us about that. Um, let's give yourself a bit of a plug, because um, I'm sure some Shrewsbury fans might find this. Um, uh, and I, dare, I don't mean this rude, but they might find you for the first time. So um, yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah. Us, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, how long you've been doing it? What's the whole sort of uh, sort of point of it? What brought you to it, type of thing? Yeah, so it's something that I started a few years ago. Now, to be honest, again, being a bit of a self-confessed football geek, football road, <laughs> um, I've, I've got a bit of a thing for like numbers, and I quite stats, enjoy the tactical yeah, side of it as well. Yeah, yeah I, right. I am. I'm a, I'm a sad <laughs> stat man. Yeah, fully fully subscribed to that member of that club. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's something that I've in previous jobs that I've done, I've been lucky to work in kind of football analysis, football scouting, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, so I've always had an interest in it. I've I, I spent a bit of time doing like um, writing for various websites about tactical breakdowns on games and statistical breakdowns on games and teams and stuff. And it's something cool. that I've kind of seen popping up from other clubs and yeah. noticed that no one had kind of really done it for Shrewsbury. So it's a, just a, a bit of a gap in the market. I suppose it's something that I started doing. It, it, it's fully a hobby, you know, kind of combining two interests in terms of Shrewsbury and um, and the, the analytical side of the game, so to speak. So it's something that I just try to, you know, dig out a few stats about, about the club, about different games, about different records, trends, anything like that. Um, anything tactically that I think is worth 
mention and I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick on there as well. And it's something that kind of as the more I've done it, I've um, from having realised my own experiences, you know, I don't get to every away game. I get to, I've yeah. still got a season ticket, but with away games, you know, nowadays most fans do follow games via social media. So it's something that I will try and, you know, post updates from the game and stick the eye. If we, if we are lucky enough to score a goal, which this season is very, very yeah. rare, I must admit, I will try <laughs> and stick it up nice and quick to give fans an update as to when we score and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just enjoy talking about the club, really. You know, it's nice to speak to kind of like-minded people that are both Shrewsbury fans first and foremost, but also other football fans like yourselves getting a chance to do podcasts like this and, you know, meet other fans and get to in, in, engage and interact with them, really. And that's kind of what, what it's become. It was never really my intention to be that. It's just kind of developed and uh, kind of grown organically over time, really. Yeah, cool. Uh, so it's at Analysis Shrews on, uh, on yeah. Twitter. Do you, are you on any other platform or do you just stick to that one? No, not the minute. It's, it is just a Twitter. It's too account. many. I've Don't do any more. It's too out to yeah, manage them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've I've got a I've got a young family, a little a little girl and stuff like that. So oh, time is is a bit precious and stuff. Okay. So it's just twi- just Twitter for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sorry, X. Cool. I should call it now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm listen. I'm old school. So it's Twitter. It's Twitter and reposts <laughs> yeah. and retweets for me. It. That's not, it. Not yeah. reposts and X and all this palaver. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Good. Um, and just out of interest, because uh, it it always interests me, because whenever I post anything that's quite a, that's an opinion, uh, you can get what are your replies like normally? Are people quite good with you? Shrewsbury fans are quite good with you, or do you get a bit of grief? Yeah, no, nah, they're they're okay. I, I understand that you know, kind of the, the statistical side of football, you know, xG and all that kind oh, of they stuff. They hate it, don't they? The, the, the... Yeah. Exactly, and again, I'm I'm quite big into that kind of stuff. Some people yeah. aren't, and I I understand it. I, I don't, you know, begrudge it or anything like that. Everyone's entitled know. to their opinions, so you get the odd people saying that you know they they don't agree with it. I don't see the point, which I, I totally understand. I, I don't let it, you know, take the shine off my day or anything like that. No, but no, no. it won't it won't stop me tweeting about it, talking about it in the future. Yeah. That's for sure. I think people need to understand it's not meant to be the only answer. It's just meant to be an extra an extra tool while you're analysing situations or games or players or whatever, isn't it? It's not meant to be the defining. uh, And once you realise that, it's just, you know, it is just another thing, another way of looking at things. And Exactly, yeah. It's a way of quantifying things which weren't able to be measured previously, which is, you know, interesting to kind of me and the way that my brain works and stuff. You know, it's got its flaws. And I think people that are invested in it understand it's got its flaws as you say it's not like a perfect solution it's just yeah. an extra bit of detail that that's available to people that are interested in it really yeah uh, and it's massive now clubs have multiple analysts um uh, and people need to understand that that's how important it's becoming it and people buy you know premier league clubs buy companies um to be fair that that that, that do it don't they so that they got it all in-house etc so uh, but anyway yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's so I, yeah so i I, I I enjoy stats myself. I uh, uh, so I'm on your I'm on your boat there with with. with <laughs> yeah. Um. So on Sunday, the noisy neighbours from down the road, I guess, yeah, uh, are going to rock up to Crowd Meadow now. I've got, I got I'm, I'm yeah. I am going to call it Gay Meadow at some point. I know I am. No problem. So forgive me when I uh, when I yeah. drop the inevitable clangor. So the the noisy no neighbours from down the road. So I guess let's let let's let's start at the start before we go to the draw. What do you think, uh, Shrewsbury fans, looking out, uh, looking at, looking up the road? Um, what's their sort of opinions on Wrexham now? Is it is it the same as everybody else? Is it the sort of 
Um, it comes across as hatred. I think some of it's a, a, a tinge of jealousy. But uh, there's a general dislike because we get talked. We don't necessarily talk about ourselves a lot, but we get talked about a lot. Um, uh, uh, you know, we don't write all the articles that go in the press or the videos that get, but it is talked about a lot now. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So I think, as you say, most clubs, and I've not spoken to, you know, masses of other fans about it. I think most clubs have got a bit of a bee in their bonnet about Wrexham generally, as they have done with the likes of Salford in previous years yeah, yeah, and yeah. clubs and clubs like that. I think from our perspective, it's a little bit different in that we already had that bit of ill feeling towards you. Yeah, it's a rival. It's a proper, proper yeah. rivalry, isn't it? It was, exactly. I should say. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's something for me that, to be honest with you, so I've been going to, to Shrewsbury regularly for about 15 years now. Okay. So, but I've never actually been to a Shrewsbury Wrexham game yeah. because of because just because of the time frames, really. So we you know, probably I, dropped out the league just as you were starting to. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So my my first year of the season ticket was two thousand and eight nine. I went right. for a couple of years before that when I was very small. Yeah. Uh, but that was my first year with a season ticket, and that's I believe your first year in the in the conference from there, yeah. um, or the national league. So it was almost kind of that perfect overlap. Um, having said that, you know, I go to the games with, with my dad, still go now, used to go with my granddad as well. Yeah. And I'm under no illusions about what the rivalries meant historically yeah. to them over over the years. So again, being totally honest, for me, I've kind of got that that second hand feeling of I've been brought up to not like Wrexham, but I've yeah. never experienced a Derby game first hand or, or so to speak. Um so I think again, most fans as you as you mentioned, there's a bit of jealousy. And yeah, and yeah, there is. I think I think you've got to be big enough to admit that, that um, anyone would want to happen to their club what's happened to Wrexham. And you're the fortunate ones in terms yeah. of you've been taken over, you've become a, you know, a global business, um, but it still seems to be being done the right way. You know, the fans, from what I gather, are interacted with very well by the chairman um, and kind of the, the board generally. And yeah, there is jealousy there. I think anyone who would, anyone of a club of the size of ourselves that says they're not jealous is, is lying because... At the end of the day, that's what every fan wants is to become successful and, and ultimately money buys success. It does. Yeah. It's very easy to turn your nose up at it when it isn't your club. But if it is your club and you are the lucky ones, then you take it when it comes because God knows there's enough dark times that come with following clubs like ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, I think I think for us, there's that bit of, like I say, extra bit of flipping equity, like them as it is, and then now yeah, yeah. This, um, this, this massive story, which again, I totally understand because, because of who owns the club. Again, personally, the thing that irritates me a bit is when it is perceived as this fairy tale. And it's like, in my opinion, it isn't quite a fairy tale because you've been lucky enough to get bought out and, and everything that goes with the, kind of the money with that. And you've bought good players and got promoted. Yeah. Now, for me, that isn't a fairy tale. That's just you've become a good team, which is fine. But it's not kind of a, I guess it's rags to riches in a way, but. It's no coincidence that it's since the money's come in that you've yes. become yeah, yeah, such it. a such a good team, if if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the um, I won't dwell on that point too much, but I think um, that original quote came in the one of the, the first season of the documentary, and it was kind of Ryan talking about actually more about the community and that being a, a fairy tale story um, or a rags to riches story. Um, but it gets you, it just gets thrown at the, specifically at the yeah. football. Um, so I, but again, I get, I totally get it, you know, because obviously people just yeah. pull it out of headlines, don't they? You know. Exactly. And being honest with you, I can understand why people that maybe aren't involved in football and not, not invested in football, particularly at our level, could view it as a fairy tale. 
Yeah. But I think, again, I don't wish to sound snobbish or anything like that, but I think people who understand the game yeah. realise kind of how you've become such an effective League Two team in such a relatively short space of time from being, you know, mid-table, mid-table National League. Um, but it's when it's, like I say, that it gets misconstrued for something no, it maybe isn't, it. that it's like, that, that it gets people's backs up. But as you say, it's it's not, you don't write the articles. Again, I listened to a podcast this morning, a Shrewdy podcast, um, which had a Wrexham fan on, and, and he yeah. was saying, you know, and even the even the town fans on there were saying, it's not it's not the fans that write the articles. And I, from what I'm led to believe, even some of your own fans do get a little bit annoyed, maybe a bit too strong, but they're certainly aware of the publicity that's being shone upon the club. Yeah. Um, and I guess you, you kind of take the rough with the smooth with that, don't you, in terms of you, the great successes that come with it, but there's going to be people that, that don't like it for reasons that we've kind of mentioned. Yeah, I I agree. I, I agree, and I've I'll say you know I've seen what like you know Fleet, we when we were national league seen Fleetwood and um, yeah Salford yeah. sort of yeah. you know Forest remember green, you know people like that as well. yeah yeah just off the top of my head so we, I've seen I've seen it through those green eyes myself um, yeah. So, so let's not dwell on that. So uh, a few weeks ago, what was it? I can't remember, a couple of weeks, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, something um, like that, yeah. The, the draw takes place. We hadn't played our game at the time, um, mm-hmm. as it happened, but um, I, th- I suspect you probably had, because I think we were playing on the Sunday yes. as well. Yeah, um, we were through then, yeah. Yeah, so you you were pulled out first, and I was sat in the uh, in the lounge, actually, with my son, uh, and I said I'd love to play. I'd rather have played you at home, but I was like, oh, I'd definitely yeah. have that as a game. Um, yeah. I thought it was a top. It was a, a chance to have, you know, to reignite a rivalry, as it were. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So I was really pleased with the draw. What were your thoughts when our name came out? So again, being totally honest with you, Matt, I wasn't actually watching the draw live. Okay. Um, all I received was a text from my dad, which said "tasty draw." Two words. I was like, "All right, <laughs> okay. right. I've, got, I've got a feeling that I know who this might be." <laughs> Obviously, then log on and get the notification from Twitter. Sorry, from X uh, yes. about what the draw is and. And it's one of them, but for us, um, it, it's almost a no-win, to be honest with you, because if we win, then we're, as it stands for the time being, I can't see it being this way for much longer, we're a division higher. So yeah, we should it. be expected in inverted yeah, commas yeah. to win. If we lose, then it's that not only is it a loss to our local rivals, who, yeah. again, historically, that rivalry's been there, but you know it's going to be splashed all over the, the media because of the story that's following your club as well. Yeah. So it is a bit of a no-win. As I say, the feelings for me of the rivalry historically aren't quite as much as, as others. You know, yeah. fans that have been supporting the club for 30, 40 years, um, I'm sure their feelings will be a bit more intense than, than mine are at the minute. But I still yeah. get the vibe of the Panakits. If we win, no one's going to say, well done. But if we lose, it's going to be front page news. So, yeah. yeah, being honest, that's kind of what it is. And as with every rivalry, the nerves that go before it are because you desperately want to win. And if yes. you can guarantee a win, you take the draw all day long. But if you if if obviously no one can do that, so it's that anticipation that is that kind of fuels those feelings. Uh, it's quite interesting. It's interesting because there is a small minority of people. For us, in my lifetime, largely the the fiercest rivalry has been with Chester. Um, yeah. But there is, and it's surprised because it's all coming. It's coming back now. Obviously, you're starting to see it. There is a small percentage of people that actually see that game with you as uh, as big as that game. So yeah. I'm sure there's probably some Shrewsbury fans that it's the nostalgia of those games years ago and when Definitely. they were growing up. This will stoke up those fires for them, won't it? So um, yeah, it will. And again, I think similar. historically, I believe our record from kind of early 1990s to mid noughties wasn't particularly great against you. And then um, it flipped, and, actually. And, yeah, 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 exactly. And again, so that, so I, 
my first kind of memories of football are around 2005, 2006, that kind of time was when I can remember going to the odd game with my dad. Yeah. And, you know, I'd see, oh, we beat Wrexham, well, great. But to me, beating Wrexham was the same as beating Carlisle when you're six years old, you just want you your team to win. Caught, so it, yeah. it didn't mean anything. Um, but, yeah, as, as you say, over the years, those feelings are certainly there for some fans and you know fans will openly admit that they hate Wrexham and yeah. I heard again on the podcast that I mentioned before it's quite a good way of thinking about it and that it, you hate them in a football term you don't you know I've yeah. had this conversation with you you wouldn't if you saw a Wrexham fan in the pub you, you still have a good or you'd like to think most people still have an amicable conversation it's just for those 90 minutes that the, the, the feelings are kind of there for that really yeah 95 percent of uh, uh, of those conversations yeah. would be uh, diplomatic should we call them um yes exactly way. they would um, yeah. so from a shrewsbury point of view um obviously you get to see them all the time i don't you've kind of touched on it a, a minute ago when you t- when you hinted about goal scoring um but you're running i mean you won you beat was it fleetwood you beat uh, 3-1, 3-1 in your last game, New Year's Day, but before that you'd had a run of three or four on the bounce where you hadn't won, so has that that win lifted you a little bit or is there still a bit of trepidation as we go into this week? So, oh there's certainly trepidation because it's, this season as a whole for us has been quite an unusual one Um, and it's something I've discussed at length with, with other fans both in person and on social media regarding the way the club's gone, you know, there was some quite, I say well publicised, there was within local circles, well publicised uh, action in the summer of, uh, at the club over the summer with the departure of the former manager and yeah. the reasons the reason behind that in terms of financial mismanagement and so on and so forth. So there has been a change at the club this year. We've gone to a director of football model and, and a head coach rather than a manager. And again, being honest with you, Matt, the football and the season so far hasn't been very pretty. We've scored 17 goals in the league but somehow we sit 13th, seven points clear of the drop. 17 goals in 25 games, I believe it is. Yeah. And that kind of paints the clearest picture of, of us as a team this season. We've, we've struggled to score goals. A lot of the goals that we've scored, have, I say a lot of the goals within that small sample size, a lot of the goals have been either set pieces or errors from the opposition. So we have found it a real struggle. What I should say is that we have been very unlucky with injuries this season. Yeah. You know, clubs like ourselves, we um, we rely on having good quality loanees. Yeah. And we've had six loanees this year and four of them have been out for prolonged periods of time. So it, it has really, really damaged us in terms of the injuries that we've had, not just the loanees, but, but to permanent players as well. So we have struggled to get any kind of um, set team, any kind of consistency within that, which obviously won't have helped. Um, but... Yeah, the pressure was certainly mounting. You mentioned those losses before the Fleetwood game. The first two were at home to Portsmouth and Peterborough. Again, with the greatest will in the world, those games aren't going to define our season. You'd love to get something out of them, but people are realistic enough to understand that we're we're, we're punching above our weight in those matches. Yeah. Yeah. The losses that really caused the concern were losses away at Cheltenham and Burton, teams that were below us in the league, that are our rivals in terms of wanting to stay in the division. And not just the defeats, but the manner of the defeats as well. Again, I wasn't actually at the games personally myself, but but they were very, very poor performances. Cheltenham, we didn't have a shot on target. Burton, we had minimal shots on target. And that is the concern. And to be honest, that concern's even been there with some fans, myself included for some, in the games that we have won. A lot of the wins have felt like they have been papering over the cracks. Yeah. So it's that, yes, you enjoy the win for what it is, but in the in the grand scheme of things, those concerns are still there. So in terms of that, you know, we're hoping to get a couple of new bodies in this week for the game against yourselves. Whether we do or not, I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, as the kind of the Fleetwood win has, has come about, it was much needed. But one twelve doesn't make a summer, and it, most fans, or the vast vast majority of fans, are certainly not getting carried away and thinking that just because we are thirteenth in League One doesn't mean we're an established mid-table team this season because a lot of the performances have been, have been very, very poor. The other thing to say is that cup, sometimes cup games are a reset, it's fresh. Um, yep. so, uh, teams will do something different this week in the build-up to cup games and, um, you know, you can get a performance out of nowhere in a cup sometimes, can't you? And, you know, the, yeah. in, in theory... Um, like, like you, you, you talk about having a lot of low knees. Those generally a younger squad. Um, they won't have perhaps have known about the rivalry, as it were, because you know we, we've not been anywhere near each other for for a yeah. while, have we? This week they might, you know, they'll hear some other stories and see some other people talking, and social media will catch fire a little bit, and that'll light a fire under a few people as well, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, it will. Players see again, that. Play, you know, I know a lot. A lot of them might uh, be active on social media, but they'll see yeah. it. You know, they'll know again. And that, and that's something that for me, I I was kind of under the impression before before running the, the my Twitter account that you know fan uh, players don't see what fans put or they don't not if they do it's the odd one or two. But I've been really surprised by you know I've had some interaction with the town players myself. Um, and they they see what's out there. They're not they're not stupid. They've got they've got their fingers on the pulse with these things. Uh, we've got a couple of backroom staff who are local lads come to the shoes the area as well. So I'm sure they'll be kind of drilling into the players what it, what it does mean. And as you say, they'll, they'll see what's on social media. They'll see uh, the feelings that fans have got. So we just like to think they don't go into the game under any illusions of yes. what the game means to, to the community as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Same same for us because obviously you know a large part of our squad have been, have been assembled relatively in the last eighteen months, two years. So, yeah. um, hopefully, uh, you know, you assume, don't you, that that, that they'll uh, they'll be briefed in some way, shape, or form. You do, yeah, um, yeah. rightly or wrongly. Um, so, if, sort of formation wise, what can we expect from you? What will you? What will, What have you largely been doing? Because I know it can change, but what have you largely yeah. been doing? And your style of play, uh, although it does, it sounds. Well, I'll talk about Wrexham's in a minute. It doesn't sound dissimilar yeah. to us, from what I'm understanding. But tell yeah. me about Shrewsbury. What we can probably expect. Yeah. So prior to Monday's game against Fleetwood, for the vast majority of the season, it's been three-five-two. Yeah. More of a more of a five-three-two. To be honest with you, when it comes to the defensive nature. Again, I'd say injuries haven't helped, and that we've had quite a few square pegs in round holes. And again, being honest, it's been a very, very direct style of play, particularly recently in the season. Um, as I say on Monday, that changed slightly in terms of we went to three four three instead, and we certainly looked to we did we pressed the opposition much higher. Whereas previously we sat back on teams defending like a low to mid block. There was yeah. much more of an emphasis from our players on Monday press Fleetwood players higher up the pitch, and that was something that um, one of our injured players was actually on, on the radio on commentary duty that he referenced that uh, Tom Flanagan was the player again. Some of his comments on picked up in the media so you might have seen those um, regarding the draw for this Sunday but think, yeah, yeah he referenced saw, was that on BBC Radio Shropshire or something like that yes right yeah so it was yeah um, they're out there for people to see if if they want to again it's pleased some Shrews fans and I'm sure some Rex fans will take a bit of offence by what he said but that's by the by but again he played under Phil Parkinson at Sunderland and he referenced yes. the fact that he was asked about um, our pressing against Fleetwood and are we going to see that carry on in Rexham game and his words were something to the effect of, I've played with the Rexham manager before, I don't think they'll give us a chance to press them in their box because the ball will be going long. Yeah. So, um, and, and I'm not criticising that, you know, each style has got its own way of being successful. 
So that's the tweak we made on Monday. Obviously, the style that you play will kind of influence us. We're able to do that again, or to what degree we're able to do that again. But tactically, that's how we kind of lined up this season. Generally, a five-three-two with that with that three-four-three to the game on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect you to know anything really about Wrexham other than the little bits that you've picked up there. But what he said is 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 very indicative of what we've had under Phil Parkinson. We generally are a three-five-two, um, and we get the ball despite the fact that we've got some really high-quality players in midfield. Uh, we generally bypass them um, and get the ball quickly, very uh, forward, very quickly. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we're not like uh, Notts County took a lot of praise last year, um, yeah, because of the way they, you know, kept possession and recycled the football. You don't see very much of that from Wrexham. And similarly yeah. to you, we will sit in position in a mid to low block um, and then try and uh, transition quickly like that, as it were. Um, yeah. So this is we we might see. Uh, a tight game of similar styles, unless you guys do something so. different, because Parky won't change. Um, you yeah. know, he's he's been doing that in three or four of his last clubs. So I've seen his teams at Sunderland, and yes, Boston, at Bradford and stuff, and he's it's always he's got the that same. Way of playing, yeah, and yeah. he's brought in success in fairness, so you know, no one can knock it for that. But yeah, yeah, as you say, you generally know what you're going to get with a bit of Phil Parkinson's team. The difference that he's had at Wrexham is he's probably been able to have a better quality of player. Who will yeah. who can uh, execute better and bail you out of trouble when everything isn't going to plan? So you know, yeah. Um, but that is what it is. That's what. So um, you know, that's what I think. I don't know what what opposition fans expect when you know the fact that we won the league last year, but mm-hmm. we we didn't vary how we played. We played exactly like that. Yeah. It was attritional winning football, um, which is yeah. uh, and that's know, what he wants again from the from the position that you're in for 15 years. You don't care how you get out of the conference. Correct. You, you get yeah. out of it wherever you can, and that's. That's what that's what you want, isn't it? And so far, it's taken us to, you know, third in uh, in League Two so far. And I'd have stamped yeah. your hand off. You'd have asked, if you'd have offered me yeah. that at the start of the season, especially after the first game where we got tonked by MK Dons, I'd have snapped yeah. your hands off. You know, so um, so yeah. So from a Shrewsbury point of view, uh, obviously you can Nobody's guaranteed to play, but who are the who? And I I know what you're saying about lack of goals and stuff, but. Who are, who are the potential danger men? Is there is there one or two that you would think if if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be them? Yeah, probably. So thinking of going forwards, I'd say, um, and, the, and the team that's likely to play, obviously, provided that no one else comes in in the meantime. Yes. But injuries have limited us in terms of the options. The number nine will probably be Ryan Bowman. Um, he scored a hat trick in the in the last round against Notts County. You might have seen the goals. Yeah. With respect, it might be all. It's certainly, I think, the worst hat trick I've ever seen. Taking nothing away from from Ryan, but because of how bad they were, really. Yeah, yeah. And the irony that obviously they've just uh, well, it looks like they've just lost their manager now as well. Yes, I see that going down the Swansea, isn't uh, it? Yeah. So he'll probably be number nine, I would imagine. He played on Monday, Um, and then the main threats I'd say would be the players that, if we do stick with that same formation, play either side of him in that front three. On the left hand side, you've got Jordan Shipley, uh, formerly of Coventry City. Again, he's got a very good left foot. Um, and him playing in that more advanced role. A lot of his time with us as he joined at the start of last season was spent at left wing-back, which kind of stifled him quite a lot in terms of having to concentrate on the defensive duties, where you can see when he played in the final third, he thought that life to go and express himself more so. And as I say, he's, he's a quality league one footballer on his day, so I think he's someone that will almost certainly be at the heart of if we do play well at the heart of it. And then on the other side, you've got someone who's probably 
at the other end of the spectrum in terms of a guy from Tumbishi Sobawale, who we signed from uh, the League of Ireland in the summer from Waterford, um, again with the idea of playing as a right wing back. But injuries kind of forced the manager's hand a bit slightly, and he ended up playing on the right of the front three on, in the game on Monday. And he was, he was a revelation in fairness to him. You know, he's quick, he's strong, he can beat a man. And that's exactly what we've been crying out for this season. The game right. of interest that we've not had. He's still very, very raw. Don't get me wrong, and he's still got areas to work on, both tactically and um, physically and technically. He's still a very much a work in progress. But the dynamic, the dynamism, and the directness he gives us is something that, that we were severely lacking. So I would imagine he would be uh, persisted with again and play on on the right of the front three to kind of back up his his encouraging performance on Monday. Um, they're the two that will probably start. We've got a guy called Tom Bayless as well, who, again, he was, he was sold for £2 million a couple of years ago from Coventry to Preston. Didn't quite work out for him at Preston and he joined us again at the start of last summer. Um, he's just coming back from an ankle ligament injury, so he's come off the bench in the past two games. I would imagine this is the game against Stells probably still be too early for him to start again. But he'll almost certainly come off the bench again on his day, a quality league one footballer. Um, and then lastly, he's probably got Taylor Perry, who I imagine will start in central midfield. And again, he's done well for us this season. He, um, he was released by Wolves in the summer. He's had a couple of loan spells at Cheltenham in the past, and he's done well. He's scored a couple of goals, he's put himself about. And yeah, he's got that, that little bit of quality. So they're probably the names from, from an offensive perspective that will be helping do the goods for us. And again, I'm not expecting you to know our our team and squad, but are there any names that you know um, that you think, oh, they could... I mean, again, I don't know. who We don't know who's going to be starting. We had a, a, yeah. a really good cup run last year, and the games we had against Coventry and Sheffield United, we actually rotated a lot. Um, yeah. You know, Before the game, we were pulling our air out, thinking, what's going on here? This could be a really good chance, you know, uh, for us to have a yeah. good game. Yeah. Uh, and as it played out, the rotation worked for us. Um, so we don't know who's going to be playing, but is there, are there any names that you think, ooh, yeah, uh, they could cause us some trouble? So one is, and again, I'm not sure, I think he's been injured recently, but Ryan Barnett. He yeah, came to our, came to ex-Rosby our player, of course. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he'll be someone that fans will keep a close eye on because he's someone that could have maybe have... Um, been given a bit more of an opportunity perhaps at the club under previous or under yeah. if circumstances have played out differently. So he'll someone that obviously will have will have a, an eye on from that perspective. And then of course got the likes of you know Elliot Lee, uh, Paul Mullin, James McLean, people like that who, who have all got good quality about them. Um, big Ollie Palmer, is he still with you as well? Injured at the moment. Right, okay. Again, good for us in terms of if you're a goal down, you chuck him on and we've already mentioned your style of play that yeah. Anything can happen when, when you chuck it up to him in the box up there, can't you? Um, am I right in saying that is it uh, Mendy's unavailable for the game? Yeah, he's he, been called he, up. Yeah, he's in the African Cup of Nations yeah, preliminary so squad before they pick their final squad. Yeah, because again, from whenever I've seen him, he's looked very, very sharp and very quick. Yeah. Um, so again, quite good that for us that he won't be playing. Um, and then Tom O'Connor in midfield, James yeah. Jones as well, still, still playing. Like, as you mentioned, all good footballers. Yeah. The way that you play, they may not be utilised fully, um, but I think when you've got players like that, you've, you've always got a chance for that, without a doubt. The interesting thing for O'Connor is that uh, we've been using him at left centre back um, right, because okay, of yeah. necessity, because of injuries. He uh, he pushed him back there, and he's not moved him back into midfield because he's been playing so well, believe it or not. Right, so yeah. um, 
so yeah, he will he will probably be at the back. Um, and it's uh, I believe he's Shrewsbury born. Stephen Fletcher, obviously. Um, yes. Ex. Yeah. So already you, you, the the name rings a bell already. Uh, got yeah. a hat trick on um, two days ago. I've lost track of where we are. Um, no one knows what date it's still doing. Yeah. No. It's, um, so he got a hat trick on Monday. Was it a New Year's Day? Um, so yeah. I, I, but he's just come back from knee surgery where he had some fluid drain. So he might be the one that actually goes out. They might rest him, yeah. having given him eighty-eight minutes or whatever they gave him the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that yeah. might be the name more more than uh, you know. The... I'm gonna say most fans will recognise his name from spells higher up the pyramid. Yeah, he's, that's he's that. Played, that's... played for Wolves not too far away from us. Correct. Um, that illustrious grave into yeah. France and Marseille and everything. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, Okay, so we'll start to start to wrap it up. Um, but from a fan's perspective, um, now the ground has moved away from the uh, centre of town. Um, yep. The facilities are a little bit more limited. Is that fair to say? Is that fair to say you don't have the all the pubs to go in and stuff? So um, just no. for people who are visiting for the first time, because it will be our first time for a lot of people. Uh, I yep. guess it's it's fair to say that they'll well there'll be a good police attendance. Uh, I'm very sure. There will. There'll be a lot yeah. of Shropshire and North Wales police, um, but it'll be yeah. whatever you can. And I don't suppose, I know you've got a little fan zone, but I don't think we'll be anywhere near that, do you? I don't think they'll be brave enough to let us mix. I would doubt it. Again, I've yeah. not seen anything for definite, but yeah, no. we've got a fan zone which is outdoors. We've got another bar at the Ground Smithies Bar, which is indoors. Um, I've not seen anything, but as you said, I would doubt if, if um, we'll be allowed in there. Yeah. In terms of access to the ground as well, just something worth bearing in mind if you are going to get the train, it's quite a walk. Yeah, the station obviously being in the town centre and into the ground estate, um, being quite a way out, so it is quite a walk if you are planning on doing that. Um, the nearest pub, aside from the ones on the ground, it, it was the Brooklands. I think it might have changed names now, actually. But again, in terms of logistics, as if away fans are allowed, I'm not, I'm not entirely yeah. sure about that, unfortunately. But yeah, the, the general, um, as you say, kind of access to the ground is certainly not what it was at, at the old game meadow in terms of proximity to, to pubs and. Um, kebab shops and chippies and all that kind of stuff so it yeah. is a bit different yeah yeah um so i'm sure I, I saw today you'd put some tickets on well they classed it as general sale but i still believe you had to have i think you've got a point system and stuff a bit of a loyalty system yeah. so i still think that there is a, an element of loyalty still needed from what i could see am i wrong with that or have i got that partially right um so the loyalty points were certainly in place um initially i yeah. don't I would imagine if I'd gone on general sale today, I think that will be freely open, but it was certainly a loyalty point system initially in terms of season ticket holders. And I think it was 10 loyalty points, then five, and so on and so forth. Again, just looking at the article here, it says, yeah, it, it just says uh, general sale and then uh, one ticket per supporter number. So you'll see that history of, of buying tickets previously, but I would imagine that they will be snapped up pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, you're just you, you're just shy of ten thousand now. There, I think. Aren't yes. You? So we'll definitely yeah. there'll definitely be over nine thousand there. I would have thought. Yeah, I think you? it's Cause it, just because of that rekindled. Or yeah, like that. Uh, because of that rekindled rivalry, I'm sure there'll be north of nine thousand ish there. Um, definitely. By the time uh, by the time it's sort of uh, Saturday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday comes. Um, so come on, put your analysis head on. Put your gut, you know, put your fans head on. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be much closer. I think it's going to be close. I, I, I don't know whether Shrewsbury fans are expecting to turn us over or not, but you know, we've recruited basically League One players from the start. Yeah. 
So I think it'll be closer perhaps than some people think. Uh, although any game, any team can blow each other out on the day, can't they? You know, that could happen. Yeah. Um, and I, I, my gut feeling is if we're going to win it, we'll win it by a goal. We'll concede. I think we'll concede, ironically. Uh, so 2-1 is my gut feeling. But if it was a draw, I, you know, and we could get you back to the race course, I'd be quite happy with that. Because we've got a good yeah. home record, you see. So we'd yes. we'd fancy we'd fancy that at home, all with all the yeah. respect. Um, no, so what's are, what's your um, as well. yeah? Well, with you saying that as well, you know, um, before what's your um, what, what's your what's your gut feeling or what's your head saying, your heart saying, or what? Say, so I always tend to go for head and heart. My yes. my heart is saying. So we both the games so far. We beat Colchester in the first round, three yeah. two. Obviously, League Two team. We beat North County in the second round, three two. League Two team. <laughs> so I, I think both teams will score again. I do. Yeah. Um, so my heart is saying three-two Shrewsbury, entertaining yeah. game for the neutral. That'd be good. Yeah. My head. I. Yeah, no one's expecting us to turn you over. So I think no one's under any illusion about the fact just because you are a League Two team, kind of officially that the squad you've got isn't good enough to compete in League One. My head is probably saying a one-one draw. To be honest. To go back to your play through replay again. In recent times, we've been quite lucky in terms of the, the ties we've had in the FA Cup, and we've been the smaller team. We've had Stoke in recent years, Wolves in recent years, Liverpool a couple of times, and we managed. We took Stoke for a replay, we took Wolves for a replay, and uh, took Liverpool for a replay as well. So it, it can be done with the with the lower division team doing it. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you managed to get at least a draw. Yeah. If you take to your place, and if, if that is the case, then I would would be have almost zero confidence in us being able to get a result if it does go back to the race course. Just because of that away form and uh, how it's been yeah. of late. Yeah. yeah. So, and our yeah, home so form, I think we, we've, uh, Phil Parkinson's uh, actually had his 75th game at the race course uh, on Monday and we've lost yeah. four ga- We've lost four games yeah, in that time. So, yeah, of course, of course to the mass, Hart says 3-2 win for us, head says 1-1-4. Okay. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure you won't wish us well. Um, I, I, obviously, it's difficult, isn't it? It's hard. I'm going to um, say, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect you to wish us well either. No. So yeah. What I will say is that it would be nice if this is um, a game that is played more often, um, yeah. because you know, um, like we played Newport the other day, and that was. Welsh derby, but it's yeah. our, you know it's the other end of the country, uh, so it yeah. is nice to have that that you know that spice to those games. So um, um, yeah, either way, like whether you, you know, um, hopefully we come up because um, obviously that would uh, that would make that feasible because it doesn't look like you'll get relegated. But um, yeah. yeah, it'd be nice if we could have those games back next next season. Um, Definitely. Just, I, well, just you might not think that, but we think that obviously. Yeah, and again, I think. <laughs> It's one of them that most fans, most Shrewsbury fans, expect me to go. The only issue is the case of if we, if we were to get relegated, which you know we're still certainly not confident of. That we're seven points clear at the minute, so we're on thirty points. So you'd like to think that we would, um, and we can hopefully stay in the division. Like I say, meet you guys next year if you do end up coming up. But yeah, get get the old rivalries back because yeah, the, the closest we've got at the minute is Port Vale, which yeah, there's a bit a little bit, but it's nothing. Not the same. historical about it really. Whereas say Wrexham, Chester, Shrewsbury back in the seventies and eighties, uh, what I'd class as the 
proper rivals. Yeah. So to get that back going again would, would be really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get a flavour of it on. I'm sure we'll get a flavour sure of it on uh, on Sunday. So, um, all right. Listen, I really appreciate your time. We'll end it there. Um, and as I say, we'll 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 respectfully part ways rather than wishing you good <laughs> yes. luck. If that's all right with you. Definitely. Yeah. No, <laughs> thanks for having me, Matt. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, mate.
be back in the football league.